my people. Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Alicia Battaglia in the host seat, and joining us today is the Ben Sanford. <laughs> the. <laughs> the ben San- <laughs> FBC's technical director is your, yeah. but your real title is the son of Tim Sanford. That's his real time. <laughs> I have that written down. Oh, you are mercy. the to son. To be known as that. Yes. Man, yes. and I came here first. I actually have four right. of them, you know. Yeah. You've already... And, well, w- one of the sons. But in, in the yeah. booth here, he yes. is the son of yeah. Tim Sanford. And sitting <laughs> over here, you've already heard him, our uh, pastor of discipleship. And your official title is Father of Ben Sanford. <laughs> I do get called Father, too. Tell Drew and Randy and Tyler that uh, I'm the son. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there uh, you go. Is that what a double a, portion yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The older will serve the younger. Oh, oh. <laughs> this is really burning down the house right now. <laughs> I'm staying out of that. <laughs> the fa- family dynamics. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, this week, uh, we are finishing up Acts 19, which has been, <clears throat> Acts 19 has been a really fun ride, and I can't wait to start talking about it because it's just so packed full of good stuff. Um, but Ben, I'm going to come your way first and okay. just like give me your first thoughts about the weekend and uh, the... Did you teach this week? <laughs> yeah, you better come out with some good ones too or you're in big trouble. I got nothing, man. Got will nothing. will be in question. <laughs> This may be a really short podcast, yeah, guys. Yeah, All right. That's it. We're done. You know what I thought about, actually, uh, as I was coming up here even, was so a, a big portion of that was on the sovereignty of God, right? Mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask, do you feel like, like that is a, um, <clears throat> do you feel like that is a comforting thing more and more for people as they recognize that or do you feel like that has a tendency to be more of a um struggle like like in an age where authority is not a good thing right anymore right you know i was thinking of my generation hit pause on that before you answer what is your answer to that question for you and considering the sovereignty of god how does Hmm. is that a comfort to you it is for me but i think i i mean this is my dad, right? So yeah. I kind of grew up being taught <laughs> right. what was taught. So <clears throat> I think some of that, and and I, I've, I've been through a couple different Bible schools now. And, you know, the some of the context of the short life I've lived have uh, put me in positions where I've kind of already had to wrestle with some of that and come to a decision. So it's not quite so difficult for me. But I know a lot of people my age who have different life circumstances than than I did and different parents and different, you know, just <clears throat> just the way that they grew up, authority was always seen as a negative. And the goodness of God was never a thing that was communicated well. Mm-hmm. It was it was God as a as a judge with a gavel or mm-hmm. a <clears throat> you know, go pick your switch and let me pop you over the head, sort of thing. And I think for a lot of them, it's it's a struggle. You know, it's and a maybe real hard even thing. a God who controls rather than a God who's in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, one of my friends said to me, uh, "Man, I guess I was seventeen at the time. Do you remember Josh Holcomb? 
I think so, yeah. In there in Arizona. Great guy. I really enjoyed him. But he and I were having some conversations about the Lord when we were young and on a on a trip together. And he's like, dude, I gotta be honest, it just sounds to me like your God is on a power trip, you know, mm. and we're like some sandbox for him to play around in. And that has stuck with me since then. That, man, that is the prevailing perspective for people. I would say that's the prevailing perspective yeah. for people my age and my generation. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would venture that that's also some of that with, you know, the next generation as they're coming up, that that's a common. So in a sense, so, how do you, how do yeah. you communicate these things well, where, how do you wrestle with, like, if you already come from a presupposition that the Lord is good, well, then his sovereignty is a fantastic thing because he's, it's for his glory and my good at the same time. And I'm, I'm on board with not just my good, but also his glory because I know who he is, right? But if you don't know who he is, right, that becomes a real tough right. thing to deal with. Right. You know? And that ultimately determines the answer that you're asking, right? Sure. Like, uh, how yeah. do I know him for who he is? And therefore, is the knowledge of his sovereignty a comfort and encouragement to me or a burden to me? I think that uh, question or the way in which I answer that is going to then obviously uh, expose my understanding of him. I said, you know, you can't, uh, if you, you can't trust him if you don't know him. And you certainly won't uh, relish the sovereignty of God if you can't trust him, which you don't know him then, right? Yeah. Like, so that's all. Uh, I think for me anyways, the teaching of it was um, coming, at least I, I think this to be so, coming from a perspective of, guys, what I'm telling you is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So if a person's hearing that and going, I don't think that's a good thing, they're either going to have to just reject that or they're going to have to wrestle with it, right? Like, right. why is he saying it as if this is really good when I'm looking at this going, this is not good at all? Some, like I said, won't, they won't really wrestle with that. They'll just live in there. This is not good. And that's that. But the good thing I think of God, one of the good things of God is that he doesn't let us just sit there. Mm-hmm. Right. He's going to bring about some situations. And all too often, it seems like those situations are very trying to us because that becomes the mechanism that he uses to boil it up. Right. He makes sometimes the situation to be such that it forces it out into the open. And then I have to begin to address that. Otherwise, I just stuff it and I keep on going. But it's, I think it's really important for us because if we um, don't know him as the God who he claims to be, then we are going to continue to either struggle with that victimization or with the, well, then I got to be in control. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Which are both absolutely, ultimately futile things. You will try that. You can do that all of your life. And at the end of the day, it is, it's futility. Yeah. You, that, that was, I starred that in my notes because that really convicted me when you brought out the idea that sometimes our reactions to the circumstances of life reveal that we don't actually believe that he's supreme and we do. It's like they're internally, we want to have that control or we have that victim mentality. Either way, we're really not believing who God says he is. And 
the you had mentioned the eyes of faith are what see the sovereignty of God. And I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, when we are looking at our circumstances through eyes of faith, we do see God's sovereignty. Right. We see who he is. And um, I I just finished um, just in my own devotional time, the book of Isaiah. And um, back in Isaiah 25, uh, verse three and four it says this, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust right. in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting right rock. And I have a little note. I wrote, my peace increases in knowing God. And so I think that there is obviously this connection of our minds staying on him, who he is, and just delving into um, his character. Who, when we go to the scriptures, what, who is God? What, what is he revealing about himself through the scriptures? And then like my prayer should be that I would be experiencing him in that way. And um, yeah, just increasing yeah. my joy in him. Yeah. And that, you know, oftentimes like taking that verse as an example, um, there's a progression is what it's saying, but it actually does it in reverse, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the one who's in perfect peace is the one whose mind mm -hmm. is on him, stayed on him. The one whose mind is stayed on him is the one who trusts him. So we often want the perfect peace. Mm -hmm. And we pray for God to give us perfect peace. Yeah. Like we just want all this euphoria, whatever, however we want it, the feeling of it, however you want to describe that. Right. Um, almost as if somehow magically it's going to occur. He's going to slip it in. Instead of realizing, wait a minute, what that means then is I have to have my thinking on him. Well, what does that mean? And how do I have characteristic thinking that stayed on him? Well, that's because I trust him. Well, then how do I actually trust him if I don't know him? Mm -hmm. So it helps. It ought to help me to back, go backwards mm -hmm. into that and go, oh, if I want peace, which in and of itself is really actually not the target. I mean, that verse is pointing to that. But ultimately, God is to be glorified in that because my right. heart's at rest is right. what that is. But yes. If that's going to actually happen, then I have to go back to the beginning and realize, oh, I've got to get to know him, mm -hmm. right? And how do I get to know him? Well, I'm going to spend time in his word. I'm going to find the circumstances of life are telling me more and more of who he is. And if I take a snapshot in the circumstances of life, I could easily come away with the erroneous understanding of him. So I have to see that characteristically. So for example, when, when you just picking on a scripture, if the Lord, if we take a snapshot of an event, something that he does, we can come away saying, oh, he's got compassion or he's got anger or he's got jealousy or he's got whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can come away from all that instead of seeing, wait a minute, with, with the Lord here on this planet and as just the three and a half years of his ministry, what did that characteristically look like? And now we're beginning to get a good feel for him rather than the snapshot of, because uh, I mean, hey, with the Pharisees, boy, it could sure sound like he's a meanie, right? Right. And then the Samaritan woman, boy, I tell you, he's a real soft-hearted individual. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. he? 
Right. Right. So you got to learn those things in order to then for that to ultimately be a heart that's at rest. Well, and we see Paul appropriating his faith and and how he's uh, just in how he's lived his life here in Acts. And I mean, if we go back to when he was stoned in Lystra and he basically is left for dead. And what does he do? He gets up and he goes right back into it. You know, when he and Silas are in jail and um, they've been beaten and they're shackled, but what are they doing? They're singing and they're worshiping. And so here in Acts 19, we see Paul again appropriating his faith. He's there, they're this mob is happening. They're grabbing up, you know, the Christians and he wants to go in with his friends into the theater because even though his life is at risk, he, he trusts God. Yeah. His friends are saying, no, 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 no. And by God's providence and sovereignty, he's restrained yeah. from going in. Yeah. But it's, we can see Paul doing that in life. Yeah. And um, so that just, I mean, that speaks really clearly on, just the effect of knowing God and knowing his character, how we can really walk in faith. Right. So Because he doesn't always explain why, right? How many of his kids, just in Acts alone, we have an apostle getting killed and an apostle being freed from jail, right? Like the day before kind mm-hmm. of thing. So what about the moms of those individuals? Oh, you know, yeah. where right. was their heart with that? God, why in the world did you let my son get killed and this guy gets off the hook? Why? Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't always tell us why, but he tells us who he is. Yeah. And the more we get to know him, the more the why question becomes less important to us. I'm not saying it's unimportant because I think God telling us as to, and he does tell us why at times, both in his word about what he's doing, but also why he shows us some of that within our own life. So I'm not trying to take that away. I'm just saying it, it, my, my faith doesn't hinge on that. Well, if he can't explain it to me in a satisfactory way so that I'm content with that, I'll have nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Right? No, 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 no. He's not, you're missing it. He's sovereign. He's the one who's supreme. And that's what we're seeing here, right? Like he's able to handle circumstances that seem to be so out of control that later it's like, oh my word, God, you were, but it's only hindsight that gave me that right. why, you know, answer. Right. Can I trust him when I don't have the answer to why? And I, when I say that, I know that there's there's times when like you're in dark, dark places and, and having to trust him. That's hard to do. So we're not talking easy street mm-hmm. here, but we are talking about a God who actually is worthy of that, right. even when it's dark. And he never lets us see that. I think that's a tremendous testimony to him and his ability to um, woo us to himself and teach us more about himself so that our hearts are wanting to trust yeah. him in the darkness. That's right. right. And recounting impressive. too, recounting. Because uh, he's always faithful, looking back over your life and just recounting to seeing his faithfulness. Yeah. Um, that also is evidence of like, he is so worthy of me to put my trust in him because he is God. He right. is never not in control. And that, so I, I love, um, I think probably my favorite verse in all of Acts 19 is verse 23. 
where it says, about that time arose, no little disturbance concerning the way. <laughs> and I just think like that is so um, ironic. It's yes. so it's almost funny because we have like this this is a this is a big deal in what's happening in Ephesus. Their their whole um, well, even from all of nineteen, we've got these. If I went back and I recounted kind of what was happening in in nineteen, and we've got the the clarity of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. We have Paul reasoning and persuading in the synagogue and the hall of Tyrannus, and which is once again he's affecting hearts and minds and and some are believing some are not and uh turmoil can happen with that for sure um but jews and greeks alike are both hearing the word of god and then we we move on where extraordinary miracles are happening and then the seven sons of sceva they're like they get whooped by the evil spirit i I was just thinking about like if the chosen could do this one you know like (laughs) what would that what would that look like that would be so fun and then um and then just how lives are affected they these people they 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 hear about what's happened and they see this urgency and fear god and it's so much that their lives are affected they burn fifty thousand dollar or fifty thousand pieces of silver's worth of their magic arts and you know that they respond with action in that way um so it's just hearing about the way is um we see this battle happening in ephesus between what god's doing in the spirit and this rocking of their economic stability and the worship of their you know, their Artemis God or Diana. So there is obvious effects of the gospel going forth here in this planting of this city. Um, and so I just like, I think about how, how in our little communities is our, is the, as the gospel is going forth, how is that affecting our culture, our community, our little circle? And then how does that expand out? Obviously what's happening here, they're pretty extraordinary things, but wherever the gospel goes, there is an effect. And so in our, in our little community here, what does that look like for us? Yeah. It really, like you say, wherever it goes, there's an effect, and that's true. But maybe even more importantly, it's wherever the gospel—I don't know what word you say—impacts, or in other words, uh, a heart has to be receptive. Mm-hmm. But then it shows the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is not just that it can save, mm-hmm. if you want to say it that way, right? And I'm not diminishing that either. That is from an eternal destiny of of separation from God. So we're talking a huge thing, but the power of the gospel doesn't just end there, right? It, it is a transformative thing and it is going to impact lives and we ought to see that. And when we're not, then you have to begin to wonder, like, is it because we as God's ambassadors are not being the kind of ambassadors mm-hmm. that we ought to be? 
Are we doing that, but it's falling on deaf ears? Mm -hmm. Are we doing that, but we're not reasoning and persuading? We're not doing that in a way that would be helpful to the individual. In a sense, we're asking them to put blind faith into something instead of walking them into faith is the substance, right? It's evidence. Like this is not blindness to it. So some of that, I, I, you know, I don't know if I want to be in the position of determining all this stuff, but I think some of those questions are important for us to be asking and for the Spirit of God to be showing us then some light in this. Well, children, it might be because of this. And then we have to adjust our thinking to line up with his thinking mm -hmm. in regards to all that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I was just thinking back to the sovereignty thing that you question you'd ask, you know, and there's the angle that you're talking about with different generations and stuff. Sure. But I was also thinking about this from the standpoint of um, the sovereignty of God can be an, uh, an aspect of God that we take and we place into a system of belief, right? Sure. And now all of a sudden in that system of belief, this becomes very, very important to us. So anytime someone talks about the sovereignty of God, it's like, yes, you know, this is really yeah, good, right? right? Like, but I think uh, that sometimes uh, concerns me because it's almost like it moves almost towards a worship in and of itself. We're worshiping the sovereignty of God instead of it just being something that tells us, oh, what we're dealing with here is a God who actually is supreme. So my thinking about him, and this is where you're yeah. talking from a generation, yeah. my thinking about him then should be around that, not around the worship, if you want to say, of the sovereignty of God, right? He is sovereign, so I can't diminish that in any way, but it's like at times the radiance of God, we, oh, we're in awe over instead of the God of that radiance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's just, yeah. you know, I knew okay, this is a, this right now, this is a bit of a hot topic. Yeah, so I knew as soon as sure. I bring this up, there's going to be some who yeah. are going to be like, oh yeah, the sovereignty of God, I'm into yeah. that, right? Yeah. So I want to hear what he has to say because it's in my wheelhouse. I like that mm -hmm. subject, but I'm not trying to appeal to that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying anyways. I'm trying to appeal to, wait a minute here, right. we're dealing with a God who's in control. Can you see it in the circumstances of life so mm -hmm. that in your own circumstances, you can have the same rest Yep. that's available to them is available to us. Right. Yeah. It becomes a tool rather than a, hey, here's something we can rest in. It becomes a tool to right. beat people over the head into yes. how dare you question right. anything. You know what I mean? Like there's no Or, or to explain for... things away. Well, yeah. that's just the sovereignty of God. Right, we just right, don't right. know. And, right. you know, like yeah. we use it as an answer sure. sometimes for things that really, it's not, it's not addressing the needs of the heart with that, I yeah. don't think. Yeah. 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 I agree. Because there are like... God is a God who is sovereign. Yes. He is a God who is good. Yes. He is a God who is just. He is a God who is holy. Like right. he is the one right. behind all of those right. uh, characteristics yep. and attributes that yep. he has. And it's like, I, honestly, if you think about it, just in your own personhood, you don't just want like be to be known by, you know, oh, as he's, Ben's dad. He's, yeah, it's just as Ben's dad, or, or he's so nice, or he's so mean. Like, there's an actual person behind that. Your wife is yes. killing you for that one, man. <laughs> I just had to say. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and the thing about it, him is all of these 
uh, attributes, facets, whatever characteristics, whatever term you want to label that as, yeah. all of them just each gives us a little bit greater picture of the grandness of him. We actually know the God, right? There's the Ben Sanford, but there's the God, and he is marvelous in every way. And one of those ways is that he's also sovereign. You know? yeah. And boy, am I so yeah. glad for that. Unless I think that he is like your buddy was saying, you know, yeah. like, man, yeah. he's just, he just yeah, yeah. And this is just a sandbox and, and we're what unintentionally he actually, by asking that question is indicating that we are better than that. Like we deserve more. We, right. we are something else that we should not be manipulated in this little sandbox. God doesn't do that. So that's fine. But it gives away a little bit of a, yeah. I think I'm actually, there's God and it's not this great gulf between us. There's actually a little bit less, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Subtlety or pride. Well, I love that the title of this was God reigns supreme. And um, it's like, we've, we've seen that through all of Acts. Acts 19, I think is just plum packed with it, uh, which is so yeah. fun. It was um, neat in the last three weeks uh, to watch you walk us through 19. Is there anything that you left out that, you know, on the cutting room floor from this past week, or I mean the previous weeks too, yeah. that we just haven't been able to touch on yet. This is your last not, not opportunity. Really, no, to, no, no. I, I don't, I don't think so. Actually, I, I would say it was the, it was the opposite of that. Like I, when Mark gave me that passage to cover, I remember looking at that again and saying, okay, Lord, how in the world are we going to do this? Right? <laughs> like, like I can read this story in five minutes and we're moving on. Yeah. So where do you want us to go? And it was like, he was unpacking it. Now I'm not claiming inspiration, but I'm mm -hmm. saying he's the one who gets the glory for all of that. If there's, if there's a, uh, a thread it's because it's already been there it's already mm -hmm. been put in right by him and it's uh the spirit of god's job to reveal that to us and as we walk through that then he just shows it and we come away with this oh wow lord that just opens up my my thinking about all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff so for me as the teacher of it there was a certain amount of thrill because mm -hmm. it's like i'm in a sense i'm along for the ride mm -hmm. i'm studying i'm digging and there's things that are popping out and it's like, oh man, Lord, and then how am I going to communicate that? And oh, how does this fit in? And sometimes it was almost like, it was almost like uh, the pieces started to fall into place and I'm a bystander. I'm just kind of observing. So it's wow. kind of like in verse 21, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit. So it's like there's this uh, submission to the spirit's work of like, yeah. okay, Lord, you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. And I'm with you, yeah. but you're, you, this is your doing. Yeah. And, and it's so cool how when, uh, you're preaching or Mark preaches or Caleb preaches, like how the Holy Spirit does that and how he edifies the body with what we need yeah. um, and how he speaks to each one yes. of us individually and specifically. Yeah. And um, so it's... He, he reminded me of that, I think, every weekend too, because, you know, three sessions every time and uh, for every one of them, every weekend there was, in my mind anyways, a bit of a roller coaster that I was on. A thinking roller coaster. Mm -hmm. There were, you know, I could pick any one of uh, those services on any week and say, well, that was the best one and this was the worst one. 
And yet the Lord was doing that. And no one knew this, like this was just happening in the quietness of my own heart, but he was using my assessment, which may or may not be right, but my assessment of all that to teach my heart more about that same kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And even the, I'm talking about the sovereignty of God while he's encouraging me. Well, son, that means I'm also sovereign over FSAT, F1, F2, yeah. F3. Like I'm sovereign in all of that. So the you might think you did a poor job, but I have children who are listening to that right now and mm -hmm. that's what they needed. And you emphasize this one and the other one and that's what they needed and whatever the case is. Yeah. Sometimes he lets me in on that in a sense, right? And sometimes it's like, no. He's doing what he's doing and we're just the stewards. So it doesn't really, we don't have to be told the why or yeah. what. Right. Right. And he does that for us all in our individual lives. Yes. As we're, you know, yes. in, in our homes and yep. in our neighborhoods and workplace. And the, the Lord is so faithful to just, to help us to walk by the spirit. The yes. spirit lives yes. inside of us, but he, he's our helper. Mm -hmm. He is our helper. Um, so, God is good. Yes, he is. So, hey, uh, okay, so thank you. Thank you guys both for being here. Are there any announcements? We didn't talk about this beforehand. Do you know of anything? Parent <laughs> Summit's coming up. Oh, yeah, Parent Summit. Yes. Yeah. 18th, I think yep. that is. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest one. We're okay. almost done with, with renovations in the main auditorium yeah. Yeah. as well. It's looking yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully by... Yeah. September, that will all be finished, but the stage is pretty much done. Can you believe that it's already August? Crazy, eh? Wow. Yeah. Yikes. I, I was thinking, too, of like, you know, we have announcements that are on the board yeah, or on the yeah, screen, yeah. and then we have things that are happening mm -hmm. that aren't, they don't always make it to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's cool what the Lord's doing in those, too. Mm -hmm. I tried to mention a couple of those just from the standpoint, again, of oh, yeah. l little things that God is doing in the background that. You know, some things come to our attention, some things don't. I mean, we have opportunities with a number of, can I call them, uh, distinct community groups. You know, like they're 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 formed for a purpose in mind. We have things like the whole uh, what Mark Wallace is trying to do with, um, you know, getting some tools into Curtis's hands over there in Chicago just mm -hmm. to be able to be used in ministry there, literal right? tools literal, literal tools and people have an opportunity to buy them right and that's not going up on the screen that's just right. stuff that we're trying to communicate that we don't have time to do it all i understand all that but god is at work he's also at work in our hearts and it's not just the projects and the things that go on the screen or don't go on the screen it's the every one of us god is at work in our hearts and mm -hmm. To have opportunities of testimony time, which we don't have a lot of and, you know, that kind of thing. But it's happening. Yeah. He's working all the time. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Tim, for bringing yes. the word to us Welcome. the last three weeks. It's been really good. And the fact of the matter, guys, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. <laughs>